friends, welcome back to Holy Holy. I am so glad to see you again. Thanks for joining. I hope you've had a great week of reading. And listen, I wanna encourage you, maybe you're not reading with me, or maybe you've fallen off, or you've skipped some chapters, that's okay. You can watch this and just learn, or you can read with me. I'm about to tell you what chapters we're gonna cover, so go ahead and read those this week and know what's coming. Anyway, just watch and receive and like and share, and let's learn together more about God's word. Let's dive in. This week is going to cover February 12th through 18th, Leviticus 18 through 27. We're finishing that book. Numbers 1 through 4, Psalm 13, 24, 25, 26, and then Acts 19 through 25. So that's a lot of chapters. I wish I could talk about all of it with you, but we're going to hit some highlights today. So in finishing up Leviticus, Leviticus ends with Moses declaring over the children of Israel the word of the Lord that if you will keep my covenant, you'll keep the law that I've just given you, there's blessing ahead. But if you decide not to keep the covenant, there's exile. So this is an echo again from Genesis where Adam and Eve, if they would have listened to God and obeyed his word, then they would have lived in the Garden of Eden and blessing forever. But because they didn't, they were exiled from the Garden. So that's a micro theme developing into a macro theme here. And we know that the children of Israel are going to stay in their idolatry, and um, the golden calf is going to carry all the way through, and then eventually they will be exiled. But God is merciful. God is merciful, friend, and He makes a way back for Israel to come back to Him and to not be exiled anymore. And if you have felt far from God and you feel like you are distant from him, I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ has made a way back for you. And all you have to do is open your heart to Jesus again and let his love do the rest. So we move on then. Um, Leviticus, remember, it begins with God calling Moses from the tent. God is in the tent, right? And Moses is outside. So then uh, Numbers begins, Numbers 1-1, with God calling to Moses in the tent. Moses is now in the tent. So that means Leviticus worked. Leviticus worked and, and now Israel can live in God's presence. And that is miraculous. That's incredible. Let's talk about numbers. Um, numbers in the Hebrew tradition actually is called in the wilderness because that's what this is. It's a travel log of their journey. And um, so when numbers opens up in numbers one through four, we find that they take a census of Israel to figure out how many people there are. And that's where we get the title numbers in our Bible. Numbers has five sections. Think about this theme of five for a minute. You've got um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then now Numbers, I mean, yeah, Numbers has five sections as well. So this five theme is really important. But we have three wilderness sections where they're in the wilderness, and then we've got two travel sections connecting those together. So chapters 1 through 10 are at Mount Sinai. Chapters nine, uh, 13 through 19 are in the wilderness of Paran. And then we've got chapters 23 through 26 in the plains of Moab and then them traveling in between. So um, in chapters one through four, we've talked about the census, but then in five through 10, we get this arrangement of the camp, how they should set up the camp because God's presence is gonna live there. So the camp needs to be clean and it needs to be holy. And then how they're gonna all set up around it. So we've got the tabernacle in the center, God's presence at the heart then the priests and Levites, then we've got the tribes working out. 
The tabernacle is in the center because God wants to be in the center of their camp. God wants to be at the center of our lives. But then they've got Judah placed at the head and Judah means praise. And can I tell you, praise should go before everything that we do every battle, every um, difficulty that we face. Praise the Lord all the way up to it and all the way through it because we believe that God is gonna come through at the end. Um, and we also get ritual purity laws here and these are developing those ritual purity laws through Leviticus. But what I wanna remind you is that the, the cloud is in the midst of them and then the pillar of fire. And as the cloud moves, that's when the people move. And sometimes we don't know even in our own lives, when should we move? What is God saying to us? What should we, doing, we be doing right now? And if you don't know the answer to that, do the last thing that God led you to and do it faithfully. And then when God moves you to something else, he'll be clear and then you'll know and you can move with God and his spirit. Let's talk about Psalm 13. I love the book of Psalms. It's a prayer book right at the center of our Bible. And David is so honest. And he's talking about how long are you going to wait, O Lord, to defend me? And how long, O Lord, are you going to feel far away? And if you have felt far away from God, then you are also identifying here with David, who is the greatest king other than King Jesus. So you're in good company. David is wanting to triumph over his enemies, and he's wanting all of this difficulty to be over. And I want to tell you, it's okay to pour your heart out to God. And it's okay to say, how long are you going to feel far away? And when are you going to give me victory over this? But always do it in coming back to faithful trust in God, because that's what David said. He said, I will trust in the Lord and I will rejoice. Why? Because we know that God is going to come through. Psalm 24, it's one of our most famous verses. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything here is God's. And then it picks up this theme about who shall ascend the mountain. And we, we talked about that a little bit last week in Psalm 15. But those that can dwell in God's presence are those with clean hands and a pure heart. And those are the ones that receive the blessing, just like we just talked about at the end of Leviticus, that if we obey God's word, then blessing awaits us. And then we have those famous King of Glory verses. I'm going to read them to you. Psalm 24, 7 through 9. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, you ancient doors. Then the King of Glory will come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, you ancient doors. Then the King of Glory will come in. Open your heart today, friend, and let God come in. Let's talk about Acts 19. Um, I want to I wanna talk to you about kind of a, a weird passage. It's the seven sons of Sceva. And so remember that Rome and Ephesus, they're filled with paganism. And all of these um, pagans are trying to find these incantations and magical words that will stir up the spirit realm. And so they've seen Paul declaring, in the name of Jesus Christ, you demons, you come out. And these demons are obeying. We see that in, in Acts 16. And so here, Sceva and his seven sons, they try to do the same thing as Paul. They're just trying to conjure up magic and it doesn't work out for them. 
But what I want to share for you, uh, share with you is that in antiquity, they have found these things that are called magical papyri that are on display right now today in Paris. And they are all of these incantations of these ancient people trying to conjure up the spirit realm. But here's what we know. We know that dabbling in magic is forbidden for Christians um, especially today, um, horoscopes and, and all of these things, mediums and uh, spiritualists, they are not what God has for us. That That's not God's best. And only the name of Jesus is the one that conquers demons and that conquers hell and conquers darkness. It's not something to be played around with. But when we declare the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And when the seven sons of Skiva um, begin to play around with this in this magical sense. They were um, they were made a fool of by these demons, and then Ephesus saw it, and they begin to burn their magical papyri that was um, totaling. My commentary said somewhere around thirty five thousand dollars. So I want to tell you, magical papyri it's still on display in museums, but the name of Jesus is still the one that triumphs today. And then we've got chapter 25, Paul is awaiting um, King Agrippa to make his final defense here. And we'll talk more about the end of that in next week's session. So keep reading, read your Bible and see what God can do in you and through you by the power of his word. I love you, friend, and I'll see you next week. Hey, write me. Let me know if you have any questions or any, any kind of um, thing that you want to talk about. So God bless. See you next week. 